Hello, this is Dr. Bob Melrose with the Brookside Optometric Group, hosting another edition of iTalk. Today in iTalk, we're going to be having a discussion with my partner, Dr. Leela Chow, and she is going to be discussing the issues that parents should be looking for when they are concerned about their children's vision or eye health. We're also going to be taking a little bit of a different turn today in iTalk, and instead of talking about an eye-related issue, we're going to be talking with Christine Bolin of the Stockton Ports. The Stockton Ports is one of our many pro-athletic teams that plays out of Stockton. The final portion of our program today will be a discussion my wife and I had recently regarding Alzheimer's research. We are actively involved in uh, this type of project within our community, and I hope you find the discussion that we have quite interesting. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Dr. Leela Chow. And Leela, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you, Bob. I've been practicing optometry for, what, 30 years now? It's unbelievable, but it's been 30 wonderful years. And a lot of it I have to thank Dr. Melrose for, because he was one of my instructors. You poor thing. (laughs) Well, he was critical of my development as an optometrist. I love the profession. I love the people aspect of it. And that's what makes it work. Um, I can't see myself doing any other job on a regular basis other than optometry. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, one of the segments that we'd like to talk about is what's new in optometry. So what is new and happening in optometry, Dr. Chow, that you enjoy? Well, one of the new aspects of eye care that I really enjoy is the new technology that's available, especially that's available at Brookside Optometry Group. We have these awesome fundus cameras. We have some awesome technology to analyze the optic nerve and the macula so we can follow and determine if there's been any changes in pathology in the optic nerves or the macula of the eye. The other instrument that we have in the office is the Optimap. It's a retinal scanner. It doesn't quite take place of a dilated fundus exam, um, but I use it in conjunction with the fundus exam. There are some things I can see with the scan that's very difficult to see with even my with my ophthalmoscopes. Now, in many cases, people can have that in lieu of dilation, but there are times you're going to want to do both. Is that right? That is correct. Okay, fantastic. The technology has improved dramatically over the years we've been doing this, and I guess that's one of the benefits of being around for a long time. You get to see all the changes. Now, today's topic, we're going to be talking with Dr. Leela Chow about what parents should be looking for when it comes to symptoms their kids may be having for an eye exam. So, so Leela, uh, Patients always ask us, at what age should our kids we start looking at having an eye exam for our kids, and what types of things should they be looking for? Okay, for those parents who have children and they want to know when they should have first eye exam, I usually start by asking them questions. One, are you noticing any issues with the child seeing? Are they following, tracking you? Do you see anything that's out of the ordinary with the eyes when you look at the eyes? If that's the case, then we would like to see the child as soon as possible. If that's not the case, I usually just have the parents follow and monitor the child, have them play peekaboo games, cover one eye, cover the other eye, and 
check to see if there's any objections to having one eye covered versus the other. Many of the children I see when they come in, they're usually about three or four. I don't usually see children younger than that. And definitely they don't come in by age three and four, I would say before school starts. Perfect. So uh, you're counting a lot on the uh, uh, ability of the parents to know their children, be aware of what their habits are, things like that, and just look for any unusual uh, types of activities and things like that. Now, are there are there um, family inherited traits that uh, people that have a certain lot of problems in the family with, with uh, eye turns or things like that, that they should be a little bit more aggressive in getting their kids in? Absolutely. For those parents who have, for instance, high amount of astigmatism, I ask that they bring their children in as by age one, so we can check their eyes to see whether or not they have their parents' eyes. It is very important at that stage for the child to have glasses so they can have proper visual input for their brain to develop their vision properly. Now, I'm sure that people are thinking, how can you possibly examine a one-year-old? Uh, they don't exactly can't tell you what letters they're seeing on a chart or which is better, one or two. So what types of things do you look for? Well, many of the tests we do is objective. We look at the child, we look at their eyes, and we shine lights in their eyes, and we have ways of determining what type of refractive error they are. In other words, we can determine whether they are nearsighted, farsighted, or have a lot of astigmatism. And it's important if they are farsighted, have very farsighted parents, that they come in as soon as possible so their vision can be corrected, and also with high amount of high amounts of astigmatism. Okay, so the uh, I guess the rule of thumb is the more as the parents, the more your vision stinks, the more you should be thinking about getting your kids checked. Exactly. Kind of putting it in blunt terms, but that's kind of how it works in in, in the world of eye care. Anything else you'd like to add to us about what we should be looking for, what parents should be aware of? Parents just need to watch their kids, play games with them. They should not, the younger kids should not be using digital devices. And one question a lot of parents always say is, my kid likes to sit close to the TV or my kid likes to read really close, uh, hold a book really close. Does that necessarily mean there's a problem? No, it doesn't mean they have a problems. Children have an incredible amount of focusing ability and they can bring things in really close. We also need to remember children are small. They have very short arms. So for instance, where Dr. Melrose will hold something to read, I'm not gonna be able to because he's a foot taller than I am. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, well, thank you very much. I think this lets parents uh, be aware of the types of things they need to be aware of with their children, uh, kind of being on guard for problems that have to be taken care of, because there are certain problems you have to deal with before they get too old. Isn't that correct? Correct. Okay, got it. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Chow. And I hope that the parents out there listening have a better understanding of what they should be looking for with their children related to their eye health and their children's vision. Up next is my discussion with Christine Bowling about the Stockton Ports, our baseball team here in Stockton. And I hope you find the discussion not only interesting, but revs you up a little bit for the upcoming baseball season.
Today I have the distinct pleasure of being down at Stockton's beautiful downtown ballpark, Banner Island Ballpark, and we are here uh, with Christine Bowling, who is one of the representatives of the Stockton Ports. And if people who have never visited Stockton or are members of our town who have never visited the ballpark, this is one of the gems of Stockton. And I just wanted to come down today and talk to her a little bit about what's going to happen in the new season, considering the old season was shut out because of the bug. So, Christina, go ahead and tell, yeah. talk to us about it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it's great to, you know, be at a view with the ballpark again and um, be able to talk to fans about the upcoming season and now that we have a schedule. Um, so it's been really great to have the buzz back around um, the ballpark. So we're really looking forward to being able to open the gates again this season, um, really welcoming everybody back to the ballpark. Now, which, uh, for those that don't know, uh, what is the level of the Stockton players? Who are they affiliated with, et cetera? Yeah, the Stockton Ports are affiliated with the Oakland Athletics. Um, we last year were the high A team um, of Oakland, and this year we will be the low A team. Um, so we'll get the players that are directly drafted. Um, we'll get some of the younger players, some of the ones that come up um, from the, the rookie leagues. Um, so we'll probably see most of the um, younger guys as they filter through the Oakland Athletics. Oh, very cool. And then uh, every once in a while, we are lucky enough to get someone who's on rehab down here. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's really exciting. Um, we usually get players over here in rehab since we're so close to Oakland, um, which makes us a great spot, you know, to have them rehab here. Um, we've had some uh, major league pitchers and um, hitters come up um, to rehab, which is great because we get, you know, people from the Bay Area. Um, we get other fans who maybe haven't been here before, but they want to see that major league player um, perform. So it's really cool to be able to um, have a different fan base here, uh, maybe who doesn't get out to the ballpark um, a lot and really just be able to showcase what we have at the ballpark. So well, that's fantastic. Now with, uh, of course, baseball being the you know premier outdoor sport uh, is social distancing, things like that. Do, does the, do the, are the ports planning on uh, precautions and whatnot because of the bug? That's a great question. Um, we definitely will be, um, and we'll be following guidelines um, passed down to us from Major League Baseball, and we'll be following any state and county guidelines. Um, as of now, we're not sure 100% what those will look like, but we are um, assuming that it will be the um, six feet between parties um, in the seating in the seating bowl, and then um, masks will be required to enter um, the ballpark and. Um, any protocols or guidelines we receive, you know, we want to make sure everyone is comfortable and, um, you know, following those procedures to make sure that we can still deliver the best um, family-friendly atmosphere. So um, we will have guidelines and we'll be able to release those specific guidelines once we get more clarification towards the season. And hopefully baseball is smart enough to say a family of four who lives in the same house can probably sit next to each other at a ball game. Definitely, yeah, yeah. And that's the biggest thing is, you know, making sure that we can still accommodate those families and still accommodate um, some of those smaller groups that we have out here um, and still be able to enjoy the game without too many um, other interferences. So um, it should be a great season. Now, if someone wants to go to see the Giants play or the A's play over in the Bay Area, uh, you're talking about, yeah, a few hundred bucks for a family of four to be able to go for a single game. 
What are ticket prices for the ports? Yeah, um, ticket prices here, um, usually anywhere between um, 10 and 15 or $16. Um, we do have more um, premier seating levels. Um, so we have suites, we have the club, we have these cool four top tables um, that come with four seats and you get a great view of the ballpark um, that are along the dugout and behind home plate. So it's super affordable. Um, we also have a new concessions company this season. So we're really excited about that um, to have a bunch of new um, food items, um, be able to deliver fans the best um, food experience as well. So I know a lot of people that come for the game but stay for the food. <laughs> I would probably be one of those fans. And then uh, the ballpark itself, uh, how many years now has it been open down here on uh, Banner Island? I believe since 2005. Um, so we're getting up there. And there's rumors that this is the spot, There's a, this is a famous spot for baseball. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Tell yep. us about that. Yeah. So um, I know Casey at the bat has been um, a story and a very big part of history going around in um, the baseball community. Um, so that was a big thing back in um, when the team was at Billy Hebert Field. Um, and I get a lot of fans tell me, oh, I you know, grew up going to games at Billy Hebert. And I'll hear all their stories. Um, and it's really cool because there is a lot of rich history um, in this area, even up in Lodi. Um, people talk about Mudville 9 all the time. Um, and it's really cool just to see people have followed baseball and they followed the history and the stories. Um, and it even goes back to when the ports weren't even affiliated with the A's. Um, so we've gone through different affiliations um, over the past, since we've been in Stockton. Um, so yeah, lots of history here, um, lots of people that have gone through the system. And um, it's really cool just to see people actually keep up with it. And I believe too that didn't, I think Sports Illustrated once put this down as one of the top ballparks, top 25, whatever it is, 100, whatever number it was to see in the country. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. The um, So as you see in right field, we have the Jackson Rancheria back porch. So that um, porch comes out into the outfield um, to a distance where it's one of the shortest distances um, in a ballpark from home plate to the outfield wall because of how far the porch comes out. Um, so they did a little story on that and then mentioned this was one of the greater places to catch a ball game. Um, so that being um, a super cool view um, really helps the back porch because, you know, it's just such a cool spot to sit. And you can't get that view in many other ballparks at all. And I know a lot of the uh, smaller uh, venues come up to our uh, facilities and are usually quite jealous. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool. I mean, you get that outdoor atmosphere. Um, there's nothing like coming to a game on, you know, Saturday night, seven o'clock under the lights. And I know there's also usually uh, giveaways and fireworks and anything you would experience in a major league park you're going to experience here. Is that right? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, fireworks are huge. Everybody loves the bobblehead giveaways. We'll have people line up at the gates like five hours early or that morning even. Um, so it's really cool to be able to deliver that same experience, if not better than what a major league park would just because, um, you know, there's a lot more here we can offer um, on a smaller scale to where, you know, you might be able to have an experience here that you can't at a major league park. And what, when is opening day? 
opening day is May 11th. Um, we're super excited. It's a Tuesday. Um, so we have games for six straight days. So um, opening weekend, we're ex- expecting to be very busy um, that Friday and Saturday. And our season goes all the way through, I believe it's the second or third week of September. So anyone out there that is listening in, give it a good thing. Come down to our Stockton ballpark, see the ports. Great team, great atmosphere, great city, and you will have, yeah, you guessed it, a great time. Christina, thank you so much for letting us talk to you. Yeah, thanks, Bob. It's been great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Christine. If that discussion doesn't get you revved up to enjoy a hot summer night with a hot dog and a drink, watching your team play, I don't know what does. We're looking forward to a great season with the ports. Our final segment today is a discussion my wife and I had recently related to the world of Alzheimer's research and fundraising for those efforts. My wife and I have been impacted by Alzheimer's due to a family member becoming stricken with this disease, and we see the devastation that it leaves behind. It has become one of our causes that we have to help uh, find a cure for this horrible, horrible disease. If you have a member of your family that's facing this, I think you'll find this interesting. And if you don't, someday you may. So I hope you give a listen and learn a little bit. Here's my discussion with my wife, Rosemary, about Alzheimer's research. Dr. Bob, you and I work together to support a very important cause, which is the fight against Alzheimer's. Um, I will share that we have a family member who's been impacted by this and living through the struggle with Alzheimer's in real time with them has really shown me the impact it has not only for the patient themselves but also for the entire family. Uh, Our uh, local Alzheimer's Association is a wonderful group of people, very, very caring, very passionate, and they have a number of different fundraising opportunities. But just recently, we participated in the Walk Against Alzheimer's. This year it was virtual, but the passion was still there. And um, I'm just, I'm happy to say that a lot of good people are involved in this fight, working toward that goal of the first person to survive Alzheimer's. That would be absolutely fantastic. And I'm also very proud of the uh, group of people in our community that have worked hard for the walk against Alzheimer's. This year, Stockton raised an unprecedented amount of money. We overshot our goal uh, by a huge sum. And it just shows that we have a whole lot of very dedicated, caring people in our community that are willing to do what it takes to hopefully make this place a better world to live in. So I thank uh, your efforts, Rosie, and I thank everyone else's efforts out there uh, that work with the Walk Against Alzheimer's. It's an important cause, and it needs your anyone's support. This concludes this episode of iTalk. We thank you for listening. We hope that you find our podcasts informative and entertaining. If you need to reach us in any way, you can always look us up on Facebook at Brookside Optometric Group, as well as on our website, www.brooksideoptometric.com. And if you would like, you can subscribe to these podcasts on Google Spotify, and Apple. Until we get an opportunity to speak to you again, please stay safe, please stay well, and stay happy. Thank you for listening.